Welcome back to the Maxwell High School podcast. Today we've got uh, some staff members with us, something a little bit different. Been talking to lots of our students about how they've experienced the pandemic and the lockdown and um, today I've got uh, Mark and Paul with me. How are you guys going? Very good, thanks Pete. Good, thanks Pete. That's the way. Um, I'm going to start asking a couple of questions just to get a bit of an idea of, of Firstly, just for a historical point of view, how, how you found the pandemic. So, Mark, what, what, how did you find it? Obviously, a teacher at the school. Um, how did you find the situation at the end of last term and then coming, in, coming back this term? How did, how did that go for you? Oh, well, I guess um, school life <coughs> excuse me, consists of routines and um, it was a fairly significant change of routines and it made me change the way I prepared lessons and delivered them. Uh, it was a little bit confronting initially. I think going into the holiday break gave us a chance to try to regroup and regather. <coughs> yeah, get it uh, all back together again. A little bit of reflection, pick up the pieces. And um, yeah, I, I think I, I was I was happy with the end result, but initially like I, I really did change the way I did things significantly. What did you miss about school? Oh, the contact with the students. Yeah, it, it, I guess it was an insight of what it was like to be to work in an office, you, you left at the end of the day. You you were physically not tired at all. Mentally, you weren't really exhausted. Very different to a school day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Paul, your role's a bit different at school. Um, you're uh, one of our support staff. Can you tell us a bit about your job? Firstly, um, so I'm the Aboriginal Education Officer here at Maxwell High School. Um, so that kind of involves managing Aboriginal students. Um, the pandemic for me was um, quite different, a very different experience from what my role is at school here. Yeah. Uh, I usually have quite face-to-face, one-on-one kind of... Um, yeah, all your, all your stuff's nearly face-to-face, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So um, working from home was pretty difficult. There was multiple phone calls to, to students and parents and yeah. kind of make sure everyone had enough work to do and... They had internet and they had yep. devices and yeah, so they were they were ready to work. I, I yeah. remember you called me to ask about one of one of my students and I said, yeah, yeah, like they, you know, this is what they need to do. But yeah. you're explaining to me that they didn't have internet, which is, um, it, it's been how it's been across the valley. Like there's been a real uh, diversity in experiences for the for the kids. I think largely, yeah, so, no less so with with the people that you work with. Rightio, so <coughs> that's the pandemic, I suppose. I think we'll be all happy to wave goodbye to that and, and get back to some semblance of normality because I know that, um, you know, Paul, you run a, run a number of programs here to support our students. So uh, the one that, that I've had any contact with has been the Sister Speak, Bro Speak program. Can, can you maybe just tell us, I guess, a little bit about where did that come from? Like what? What was the what was the thing that started that sort of stuff off, and and what and what kind of things are, are we doing with that? Um, well, first of all, I think the Bro Speaking Sister program is um, it's an Aboriginal mentoring program, mm. so we get to um, know all our students quite well through a number of um, engaging experiences. Yeah, I suppose. So um, each fortnight we go out on a Friday each fortnight usually. And the kids really look forward to this. Yeah, it's something that they've all been really missing out on. They do. They do a range of things. I mean, yeah. like you know, we're creating 
um, working on developing artworks for the new hospital and things like that. Yeah, yeah, artworks, storytelling. Yeah, um, we're all usually out on country. We we like to take the kids away from the school and yep. get out on country, um, you know, and get their feet wet. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> good, really good. Yeah, okay. Um, Mark, what, what do you – where do you see programs like this going? I, I know that you've got um, uh, engagement and investment in, the, in, the, in these programs uh, through the community as well. What, what's brought you to Bro Speak and Sister Speak and, and where, do you, where do you like to, to visualise that the program kind of going? Um, okay, so Bro Speak, Sister Speak I think is um, individually adapted to every school. I think the the key part about these programs is recognising that learning takes place in a variety of different environments and the kids that we've taken out on country really absorb the messages. Um, It's a great place for language revitalisation. Speaking language on country, it puts it into context. They're telling the stories about the place where they're standing and it all tends to make sense sometimes in the physical confines of the classroom there's a bit of a disconnect between what's being spoken about and and where they actually are and uh, I think um, it opens up the possibilities of learning um, new ways yeah 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 right and but you you like the idea or the 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 idea of taking this further with um, a local Gambangi language Oh, definitely. And I think the kids do as well. They they will always vote on their feet and the, the kids um, will always turn up yeah, ready to go for this program. They're keen. <coughs> they're keen, they're well-behaved, they're respectful, they're disciplined and um, it's a really healthy learning relationship. Um, it's a different type of rapport that we can develop with the students off-site. Yeah. Sometimes um, on-site they may have some maybe some historical reservations about coming into school. We take, we remove uh, those reservations and suddenly it frees up their learning opportunities. Yeah, right. As I said, my involvement in the program has been, I I guess, you know, partly in a supervisory role, but it is is really a great medium to develop the rapport with the students and and, uh, to get your head around... I guess some of their life experiences, and then you know how they how they interpret that, and how it causes them to respond to the things that they're confronted with every day, you know, and you get a really different view of the um, the students, and they are a fantastic bunch of kids on that that program. Seriously, I don't know that there's a dud amongst them, um, although there probably is. Just haven't we won't settle on names. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, they they respond. It's interesting. They um, at school they won't sit together at all. Yep. Yet when they're out on country, you can't separate them. That's so yeah, that's right. It's yeah. thick as thieves. <laughs> yeah. They love it. Yeah, yeah no, it's really good. Um, okay, so <coughs> moving away from those sort of things, I, I think like um, I, I keep saying to the students that I think that uh, our community, our school community and communities in general are a bunch of sticky beaks and they, they like to know a little bit about people. Um, they want to they they wanna like a, something to do with everybody's business. Um, so, I was going to say, Paulie, like, wh- what's 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 brought you to where you are? Like, what's your story to get you to being an Aboriginal educationist uh, officer at, or assistant at Maxwell High School? What you know? Wh- how, how, what's your journey been like to get here? Um, uh, I've I've been very lucky in my life, Pete. 
I've had a great journey. <laughs> someone stays still lucky now. <laughs> yeah, someone would still say that for sure. Sure. Until <laughs> they've done the role, it might be a bit different. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up, grew up at Scott's Head and um, I went to Scott's Head Primary School and I came to Maxwell High School and um, I was lucky enough to leave leave the area and go and see a bit of the world and see lots of different things out there and... Um, I thought I'd like to come back and help the young kids around the area. Yeah. Know that it's all right to move away from here and yeah. go and explore the many opportunities that are out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what was it that took you away? <laughs> I know what it was. Yeah. Oh, so I, I was a professional surfer. Okay. So I, yeah, I did that for about ten years. Yep. I left school here in um, the start of year eleven, and uh, I moved to the central coast. Then I lived in Sydney for ten years and made your fortune traveling the world, made catching fortune, waves. Traveling the world, catching waves, <laughs> living the dream, yeah. as they would say. But, but yeah. like that would be for you in your role now. That would be a really good point of engagement. Do you find that that's true? It is. Yeah, it's a great point to engage students and to show them, like, look, you don't have to. This the Gumbangia Nation and Maxwell. It's always gonna. It's always gonna be here, and you can yeah. always come back. I know that lots of students find it hard to their families yeah so, i mean and 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 you know really when you look at our community while there's a wealth of opportunity here really you know there's no denying the statistics that this is a very hard area for young people to to get meaningful employment in mm-hmm. and and you know there are a lot of opportunities away from maxville and and the nambucca that aren't that, that, that they can access if they're prepared to leave they need to I guess almost be empowered. Yep. Would you say yeah, to definitely. to make those decisions and say, well, okay, you know, I'm going to leave, yep. and and you know, it may mean that I don't come back, but it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I can't come back. Yeah, that's right. I, that's I think right. that's the big thing. And um, yeah, just like you said, Pete, to empower them to, uh, you know, it's going to be scary and it's you're going to be away from your family, but that's all right. It is all right. It is all right, and that's how mm. you got to do it at some stage. The journey of life. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and you know, in a lot of ways, I think uh, you fit the bill as being a, a an ideal role model for that because it's a, it's the story of your life in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, and clearly, I think that really works at school. Um, Great to hear, Pete. Yeah. Well, the, the kids <laughs> love you. Like, let's be honest. Good. <laughs> they're, they're like flies to honey. <laughs> or bag of prawns going off in the sun. Take your pick. So yeah, Mark, your your um. Your story's got to be a little bit more lengthy than that because I know that I know a little bit of your history. So, what's brought you to where you are as a as a as a uh, oh, wow. teacher at Maxwell High School? Well, I mean, we don't have to go back to uh, when you're a toddler, but I do know yeah. that there's a fair bit here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I guess um, you grow up as a as a kid and you can't wait to get out of school. Yeah, and then as you get older, you think these places are actually all right. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I, I ten years ago, I started here at Maxwell High School. Now in 2010, it's it's gone really really fast, uh, in a very similar role to Paulie's um, position. So I was supporting the Aboriginal students, and then partway along the journey, I I got a chance to see what teachers do, and and teachers like you, Pete, you make a difference in the classroom, and and it does make a, a big difference to kids' lives. And um, so I thought, why don't I I go off and and get qualified and and actually become a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few experiences in the real world that I figured would complement the the study side of teaching. And um, so I, I went away and studied for four years. 
through distance education to become an educator. Yeah. Um, before that, I had lots of different jobs. Um, Go on. You know, I was, oh, gee. First, <laughs> well, I was an ocean lifeguard for 10 years and worked in Japan a couple of years. And so I'd learned to speak Japanese over there by default <laughs> because no one spoke <laughs> English. That's <laughs> the truth. I'd, and that's your ultimate immersion experience. You, yeah. you arrive every day and everyone's speaking language around you and you just, you tend to pick it up. You understand it first and then you start talking it. And I moved over to the UK for a couple of years and I met my wife there and competed internationally uh, for Team Great Britain. <laughs> Not many people know that. <laughs> so <laughs> it got a little bit difficult. We were in that, that, that takes state of origin to a whole new level, doesn't it? It does, really? yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, Bowerville's in Queensland. and um, Yeah, I was, I was in Hawaii competing for Great Britain. And, um, as you do, as as you do, and and all my mates are in Team Australia, and they said one of them goes, "Geez, you look a lot like a bloke from Wollongong." <laughs> yeah. Pure coincidence, yeah, in, in yeah. my best British accent. <laughs> oh well, you know, I guess as you get on, lo- like life is is one of these journeys that that um you know has a lots of twists and turns, but. But that's a crack up. Oh, it's and <laughs> the, uh, Torres Strait Islander man <laughs> representing Great Britain in Hawaii <laughs> against the, Australia. There was, um, <laughs> yeah, there was all manner of wrong. I, I actually remember the day I got selected for the team. So the um, the uh, British team manager was a guy called Julian Reynolds, and they mm. called him the Axe Man. And um, he came over and he said, "Congratulations, you've just made it into Team GB. We're touring." And uh, I said, mate, I'm not British. He goes, I know that. He goes, you're better than these blokes are. <laughs> and, and that was it. I was, uh, I was on the team and we, um, we travelled all over yeah, com- competing against um, all nations and actually knew a lot of the guys in the Japanese team as well from when I <laughs> worked there. And, and then there was a Canadian team and I knew some of their team members through their exchange lifeguard program. So, right. yeah, so I think the world's a, a small place. It's, it's not as well, big as we make out. It's clearly very small because a disease can get around <laughs> in an instant. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're interconnected. Very <laughs> interconnected, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm talking to, saying to Paul that his, his life's journey to bring him here makes him an ideal role model for the students that he's working with. But without a shadow of a doubt, your story is the same. I mean, the, the fact that you can... Uh, do a variety of different things and and nothing need pigeonhole you like nothing that you have done previously needs to pigeonhole you as what you are now and and it and what you are now need not pigeonhole you for what you're going to be in the future and and that's like not a role model for um, necessarily the aboriginal students that we have at school but that's just a role model for any student or any young person kicking off with life really yeah i I had a, um, I, in another um, role, I worked as an employment consultant in Kempsey and yep. all of my clients were um, very long-term unemployed and I had this uh, client base of people um, who were basically une- unemployable. You know, they, they didn't have the skills yep. to, to uh, find a job and keep it at that point in their life. And when I started to learn their story, a lot of them, it went back to school for them for whatever reason, they didn't make it. There was there was some type of impediment that meant they never made it. Mm. But their desire for knowledge and education was massive. And 
I remember talking to a guy and I said, well, what do you want to do now? And he said, well, my main focus, I've got a little daughter and I just want to read her a, a storybook at night, but I can't because I can't read. Yeah, and that's a tough uh, one. That's a tough one, yeah. That was a, a full tearjerker. And um, two days later, the ad came across my desk for a job at Maxwell High School. And <laughs> so I bailed on the job yeah, yeah. <laughs> working with my clients and thought I've got to go back to the start, yep. I've got to catch them early. Yeah, and is that how you feel too, Paul? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So some kids, for whatever reason, don't have the opportunity to get to, to come to school, or whether they oh, there's a lot choose, of choose not to. There's a lot of yeah. things that get in the way of, yeah, of education right. for some kids. I yeah. mean, I, I think, um, you know, we sit here almost, you know, privileged from the opportunities that we've had, mm-hmm. and and it's it's pretty. You don't have to be in this education game for very long to realise that. You know, not everybody uh, is blessed with the same opportunities, f- yeah. for sure. So how how do you think that, you know, we can set about, you know, what more is it that we can do to try and plug the holes to stop kids from escaping? Well, I feel like if we can get them early in primary school yeah, and then we can still keep them engaged through, through their high schooling, yeah. Till they finish year twelve, then they've got a huge opportunity to, and a huge wealth of knowledge. Then after, after being at school for twelve years, yeah, yeah, they're starting that journey that we're talking about. You know, in that, in that, there's a number of different things, and you're not defined by anything that goes before or after you so much. But you know, they're at least kicking off on the right foot to give themselves opportunity. Yeah. So I'd, I, I agree. I mean, do you think that there's a role for our um, you know, lots of our students, um, be they Aboriginal students or, or non-Indigenous students, it makes no difference really. But a lot of our students are role models. I've spoken to so many of them in this podcast. Do you think that there is a, a role for our students to engage with primary students uh, in that, in that um, uh, I guess, role model Transition capacity? Period, like a, yeah. Oh, I think that'd be great. Yeah. So yeah. Is is there is there ways? Are there are there um, levers that, that the school can pull? Do you think that that can that can make those linkages better for our students? Should we be engaging um, the primary school kids in a um, Bracebeck Sister Speak Definitely. program? That would be great. I would love to do that. Yeah. So how do we do that? Talk to Gillian and the other principals from the primary schools, and yeah. I'm sure they'd be on board. Yeah, and then they yeah. So it's almost like peer support, kind of, you know. Yeah. So the year six kids coming into year seven already know a a, a mentor or a, a student, someone they can talk to and go to. Yeah. Year ten. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, this is this is how you do this. Yeah. This is and this is important. What you're doing now is important. It's yeah. not just you're not just wasting time. All right. Hey, look, it it's been great to speak to you guys. You're quite a bit different to the students that I've had in here. Lot more <laughs> depth, shall we say? <laughs> and um, but it's it's really good to get an insight. I guess you know people's people's journeys are fascinating things, and what they do now is an interesting thing as well. But it's been great to speak to you guys. Thanks very much, Pete. Thanks, Pete. We better finish <coughs> with a little bit of language. Oh bit yeah, of, please. Bit of diversity here. Yeah, yeah, radio. Okay, so in Japanese, we're going to finish off officially. Yeah, but I can only say g'day. That's all right. You'll learn this one. It's easy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it in full speed. And then you guys practice after oh, that. Geez. Okay, we'll slow it down okay. after that. 
Okay, first one, Otsukari sama deshita. Now, this is a great word because we know all the words in it. So the first one, oats, like you eat in the morning. Oats, oats, curry, curry, curry. got a lot of curry. Summer, oats, summer. Cu- oats curry, summer. Summer, the best time of year. It is. This is a new word, deshita. Deshita. Which means in the past. Okay. So we're going to put them all together. Oats, oats curry, curry, summer, deshita. Now we're going to try to get a bit more fluency. That was pretty rough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to go again. Um, it's going to be rough. Bit faster. Yeah. Otsukari. Otsukari. Samadeshita. Samadeshita. And we're going to go last one full speed. One, two, three. (laughs) Come on, Pete. (laughs) Oh, no, I've lost. Otsukari Samadeshita. Otsukari Samadeshita. Otsukari Samadeshita. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you just say, Mark? Well, it was like an official way to say we're finished now. Oh, okay. Um, There's another way we're going to say it in in the Creole language. Yeah. From the Torres Strait. So... There's a way to say goodbye, and it's yawal, but yawal's like a farewell, a final farewell, mm-hmm. and this will never be a final farewell. So we say lakaye. Lakaye means see you later. Lakaye. Lakaye. Yeah, good. Lakaye. Lakaye. And what about local? Okay, so this is a cool one. All right, this one here is yari yarang, and yari yarang literally means I'm going over there. So it kind of means <laughs> I'm already gone. <laughs> you, can, you can stay here, but I'm going over there, whatever. Yari Yarang. Yari They're tough ones. Yari. Yari. Yarang. Yarang. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's fair. That's pretty nice. cool. <laughs> well, so the only one I know is Matamatai. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't know. Yeah, oh, oh, I, I can't know. And, <laughs> that's for sure. And in German? Oh. Um, we'll go um, auf Wiederhören. Rather, rather than auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. Auf so Wiederhören. Why, why, what does Hürden sound like? A herd of cattle. <laughs> <laughs> My ears are so you, you point to your ear, but I'm thinking cows. <laughs> so um, auf Wiedersehen so means like I'll see you later. Yep. Auf Wiederhören means I'll hear you later, oh. given that we're in this, yeah, podcast. this podcast. Okay, yeah, in our yeah. lavish studio uh, setting. That's right. Yeah, yeah I like that yeah. reference. Yeah, Good one, Mark. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about any other languages. Yeah, we That's won't practice way that. Too many. <laughs> How many languages do you speak, Mark? I speak little bits of lots. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a work in progress. And yeah. lots of how many? Oh, lots of a few. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy the language? I love languages. Yeah. What What is it that engages you with language? I think it's watching other people's response when you speak their language. They just get so pumped. Yeah. And yeah, I remember. Um, learning one line of Swahili and I said it to this <laughs> dude and he was just, it knocked his socks off. <laughs> It'd be a limited market for Swahili, I'd imagine. Well, I only wanted to learn one thing <laughs> yeah. and that was, um, I'm hungry, please feed me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like my tucker. Yeah, sure, well. Mimi na taka shukula tafadale. If there's any Swahili listeners out there, um, <laughs> just deliver the food to... MHS. <laughs> and you'll happily take it off their hands. And I'm happy to take it off their hands. Yeah, rightio. Okay. And, and Paul, yeah. what are you? Did bilingual, multilingual? No, just um, oh, maybe I can do a little bit of Aboriginal. I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've heard you rattle off some Gambangia. Yeah. 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 Way better. I've only just learned that. Yeah. 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 I'm it's still like, like Mark with still his. Still very much learning. How do you feed me? Yeah. Or I want some tucker, please. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Well, we've, like, we, we've gone off the track of the roundup. We've, we've kept going. 
So we, what, what, what was the word again? Oats. Uh, oats curry summer deshta. Oats curry summer deshka. That better do. That'll do. Deshta. So if you put the deska, it means oh. a question. So deshta is in the past. Oh, okay. Oats curry summer deshta. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to go there again. I'll just <laughs> mess it up again. <laughs> right, yeah, look, it's been lovely having you guys in. Thanks very much. And, and I appreciate hearing your stories and, and learning some words and uh, talking about, I guess, really the value that we place in our students. Thanks very much. Keep up the great work, Pete. Yep, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, great work. Thanks very much.